the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It is a live show on this almost holiday weekend. It's 312-642-5600 if you have comments, questions. I say almost holiday weekend because tomorrow... Like many of you, I will be working, um, but uh, hopefully you are getting ready for a fantastic 4th of July. Get those barbecues ready, get those grills cooking, and hopefully you're having some guests and celebrating and being quite patriotic. That's what I will be doing this July 4th uh, of 2017. So uh, once again, would appreciate your comments, questions, 312 642 there is something very, very interesting going on that I want to talk to you about today, and that is the Cook County Sick Leave Law and Administrative Nightmare. That's right. Uh, it's a Cook County Sick Leave Law and Administrative Nightmare. If you are in Cook County, certainly on the, uh, on the, in the northern suburbs, no doubt you have been hearing about this endlessly, and I want to spend a few minutes on this trying to demystify, and I say trying, uh, and I don't use that term lightly, because I think it is a disaster of a situation. Actually, several things in Cook County are a disaster. I'm just going to be brutally honest over these next few minutes talking about some of those matters. Um, well, I'll start actually with the soda tax. Uh, I think it is a ridiculous nightmare, uh, just the back and forth that has been going on. Uh, I'm talking to you today on July 2nd, and uh, this past weekend has been quite entertaining. I walked into the Jewel Osco last night in Skokie. Um, Many of you are familiar with it. It's on Skokie Boulevard. And the sign on the door, there were actually two competing signs, one that announced a new soda tax and one that said the new soda tax has been put on hold. Um, For the average shopper, again, putting aside the tax conversation, which I want to get into in just a moment, it is confusing and it is absolutely ridiculous what is going on. Um, Our commissioners in Cook County cannot figure out what the hell they are doing, and uh, they are trying to find ways to pay for things. Um, And again, I'm going to get into the actual tax discussion in a moment, but they, there's such back and forth. They voted on this, uh, this new Cook County soda tax uh, increase or soda tax because it's the first time that here in Cook County it's being created. 
And um, then a judge ruled it down during the weekend, hence the competing signs on the door of the Jewel Osco. I don't know about the Jewels or the Marianos or the other stores in your neighborhood, or hopefully you're visiting a small business, but they cannot keep track of this, and I don't blame them. Um, it's I think that there needs to be more of a discussion that takes place with the community, more brainstorming, more engagement with the community, talking about what services do we need from the county and how do we pay for it. I'm a big believer in paying for the things that we get. I think that there are some services that are fairly rotten, and I would support potentially new taxes. I know that some roads that I drive on regularly are crumbling, and if needed, then we've got to find a way to pay for it. I'm not a big fan of government uh, f- getting into increased debt uh, over uh, over things that they can't pay for. So let's have that discussion. But again, a soda tax, if you want to have that discussion, engage with the community, find out what people think, as opposed to just looking at, I believe it's New York as an example, New York City, and thinking, wow, they raised money on something. Let me do that as well. And I believe that's how this was rolled out. Very, very haphazard, very, very last minute. And uh, there are signs that are going up. It's still completely up in the air what will happen, but the county cannot count on all of the July 4th uh, soda or pop or Coke or Diet Coke, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, shopping that will be going on for this holiday weekend. Who knows, they may have lost money. But let me talk about another Cook County issue, and this is more of a municipal issue, but it's a result of Cook County. So my Cook County commissioner, uh, Larry Sufferden, um, sponsored a bill that will, uh, I'm going to call the the sick leave law, and there is a minimum wage um, uh, conversation that's going on. Uh, The minimum wage conversation is a result of the state, the state of Illinois, not taking up the issue. And I'm not going to blame the state for not taking up that issue. Uh, I know some people would disagree with me on that. I think that what the governor is doing is appropriate at keeping the conversation on some important matters. I think he's being uh, too stubborn, and I think he's not being emotionally sensitive to the issues of the nonprofits and the organizations that are struggling, that have been behind, and I know many of them that are not getting paid uh, their Medicaid or other funding, and they will be shutting their doors. So I think that the governor, his uh, turnaround agenda is very important. At the same time, uh, everybody has to compromise. I know uh, the frequent comment these days is that everything in moderation, I tend to agree with that statement, everything in moderation. I think that the Speaker of the House, Madigan, needs to compromise and needs to give in, whether it's on term limits. I think that's an important one. Um, But no doubt there are other issues as well that Rauner is pushing, including property taxes and so many other issues that uh, the governor's right on. um, But the governor needs to meet halfway, and the speaker needs to meet halfway. So, again, uh, that all has to do with the minimum wage issue. Uh, Many Democrats feel that minimum wage should be taken up at the state level. I tend to disagree. Therefore, the uh, county has uh, decided to push the issue. It's more of a political issue than anything. It's a bunch of Cook County commissioners wanting to put their name on something because the state isn't putting their name on something. Uh, There are many municipalities around the country that have indeed raised minimum minimum wage. So um, that is what is happening. They have raised minimum wage, 
in Cook County, and but they did leave it to municipalities to take up the issue themselves, whether they want to opt in or opt out of increasing minimum wage. So that brings me to my local community of Skokie. So Skokie made a decision to stick with the plan. And in my opinion, it's not a bad situation. I actually surveyed in my role as uh, chairman of the Economic Development Commission in Skokie, and pretty much I found that in Skokie there are basically no employers paying minimum wage, which is pretty cool. Um, as I spoke with pharmacies, I spoke with uh, uh, auto dealerships, I spoke with restaurants, pretty much everybody is paying above minimum wage, which is really fantastic, a great community. There are some entry, entry, entry level positions which are not um, making above minimum wage, but almost always in my survey, what I found is that people may start at minimum wage, but within a few weeks after pretty much earning their stripes and proving that they'll stick to the job, they start to make more than that. So not much of an issue. So Skokie decided we're going to stick with minimum wage, a decision that the county made, and we're going to move forward with that plan. Pretty much it was non-controversial for a while because no businesses were concerned. Then a few businesses that do pay more than minimum wage spoke up, and they said, we're not complaining about this because this is going to affect our business. We just don't like the idea of it. We don't like the idea that minimum wage will be increased. A little silly uh, from my perspective that they decided to, again, raise this political issue, but they decided to do that, and therefore um, Skokie has decided that they will opt out of the minimum wage increase. Um, I know that some people have been concerned with recent taxes in Skokie, so hopefully this will make people happy. They have opted out of increasing minimum wage and sick time laws in the village of Skokie, which led to a chain reaction from other municipalities. Immediately, all of the surrounding areas, Skokie is home to Westfield, Old Orchard Mall, as well as a number of great restaurants, a growing restaurant scene, a growing number of small businesses. So a number of local communities around Skokie have decided they're also going to opt out. Evanston started the discussion of opting out, uh, but then they realized that due to political pressure, they're not going to do that. I say all of that um, as a introduction to saying, get your act together. Cook County, this is ridiculous. Um, I think that the whole process, again, has been rolled out uh, too hastily. I think it's complicated. Again, I'm not a I'm not in disagreement to uh, this idea of taxes or increasing wages. It's all a good discussion to have, but it's a discussion to have. Don't make these decisions quickly. We're going to continue the discussion in just a, a few minutes after this quick break. Um, but I wanted to share my thoughts on the matter. I think that all of these things are being rolled out way too quickly. Um, I know that there have been other taxes that have been on the books. I do want to talk a little bit more about the sick time laws. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're going to be right back after this quick break. More discussion on sick time laws, more discussion on Cook County. Coming up for you, you're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You are listening to Get Down to Business, and I am your host, Shalom Klein. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com. 
or give them a call, 630-928-0510. You could also call into the program today um, at 312-642-5600. You could tweet me at Shalom Klein. We're having an in-depth discussion about problems. Yes, problems. I know that doesn't sound very patriotic, probably what I was saying a few minutes ago about complaining about stuff. But I think that that is indeed the best way to make things happen. I think, in fact, that is the most patriotic thing we could be doing this weekend is talking about ways to improve the system, ways to make things better. Um, I believe that's how our country was founded, by people stepping up and making things happen. And uh, it requires dialogue, which is what I was just mentioning a few moments ago, dialogue, engagement with constituencies. That's something that doesn't take place enough. Um, I want to sort of start at the federal level and work our way back towards what I was talking about a moment ago, uh, talking about the uh, the issues of paid sick time leave laws. Um, it's getting a little bit out of control, but it all stems from the top. It all stems from the top. And right now what is going on on a national level is absolutely ridiculous. I get up every morning Really, really early. I've been traveling for the past two weeks, so uh, I've been getting up very early, but I have not been able to watch, and I know uh, many of our listeners will not be happy with me, but I watch Morning Joe every single morning. I run, and I watch Morning Joe, and I'm a big fan of Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, and I think that they are amazing. It's entertaining. I think that their insight, their analysis on the news is spot on. Um, I think that they have done a great job at developing relationships on both sides of the aisle. Joe Scarborough, a former member of Congress, a Republican, a uh, at one point I believe uh, he bucked the establishment and he was considered uh, to be what we now refer to as the Tea Party type concept. And uh, but but now uh, but now he's not exactly a darling of the Republican Party, but that's okay. I like people like that. And um, and Mika Brzezinski, her. Uh, her father was the national security advisor to uh, to Carter. Um, I actually was just listening to uh, the IRS radio hour just before our program, and the guys got it wrong on that program. They uh, that's the problem when you uh, when you occasionally speak up about something without doing the research on the issue. They were saying that her father was uh, perhaps the Secretary of State. He wasn't. Um, but, uh, some, uh, in interesting people with a lot of background, lots of opportunity to provide analysis. I enjoy their program every morning and indeed they have been very critical of the president. Um, Donald Trump attacked them viciously, um, over the past few days. Um, look up the tweets for yourself. I think it's ridiculous. And I think that he is not in touch with reality. I don't think he's in touch with what, uh, with what is actually going on in the world. As I mentioned, I've been traveling over the past few weeks, and to hear what people around the world are saying about him, it's embarrassing. It honestly, it was embarrassing. I was with Canadians, I was with Europeans, I was with all sorts of different people, and whenever somebody mentioned that they were from Canada, um, immediately we started hearing uh, cheers for Justin Trudeau, when we started hearing from the Frenchies, um, we started hearing cheers for Emmanuel Macron, when we heard Germany for Angela Merkel. Donald Trump is the laughingstock, and he, he he tweeted today, or perhaps it was last night, that he is he's not presidential. He acknowledged he's not presidential. He's modern-day presidential. You're not modern-day presidential if you're not engaging with people, if you're not sticking, staying focused on the issues, talking about health care, talking about the issues that matter. And again, I have a feeling that I probably agree with him on a lot of things. 
I just do not like the way he's engaging with people. He does not know how to engage with people. He doesn't know how to listen. And that is the problem that starts on the national level, on the state level. We talked about it a few minutes ago. But our uh, elected officials, um, I believe that actually, I believe that our representatives and senators, believe it or not, I believe actually are doing um, their job. I believe that they're stuck in a situation because of strong-headed leaders. Um, I'll start with her speaker. I mean, I think that he's been around in, in office for far too long, and I think that uh, there needs to be term limits, and I think that he is being very, very, very stubborn, as I mentioned a few moments ago. And believe it or not, Bruce Rauner, I think that he's been, uh, he, he ran on sort of being the non-politician. He really is a non-politician. At the same time, I think he's being surrounded by bad advice that's forcing him to just be stubborn. And I, I've met with him a number of times. I just don't think he's actually engaging properly on the issues. And I would encourage him to uh, to think about how, what he's doing and how he's affecting the state. Um, we are about to get junk bond ratings. Um, it's literally we were entering our third year without a budget, and that passed a few days ago. And we will get new ratings, and it's going to be terrible. And it's a result of uh, of the stubbornness that's going on. And both sides need to take some blame. I think their representatives and senators are trying to do their job. I've said this for a while. Their job is to be a representative. I'll stick to that term for a second. Their job is to represent the people in their district. Their job is to try to bring home as much as possible to their district to represent their people. I just don't think that they have any power. I think that they're honestly useless. They're in special session right now, uh, today, actually, I believe, and they're actually getting paid for, for being there. I don't think actually any of them actually wants to be there, and uh, there's no reason for them to be there because the actual decisions are being made by the leadership. Um, I don't know why Bruce Rauner called a special session. I think it's going to require conversations with four people. And uh, the truth is it's not even four people. It's really two people. It's Madigan and Rauner. It's that simple. And the Republican uh, Senate minority leader, uh, Christine Rodongo, actually just uh, resigned the other day. And uh, now Bill Brady has stepped up. I know Bill Brady pretty well, and I think he'll make her a fantastic leader. At the same time, uh, I just I think that Christine probably resigned because she knew that she was getting nowhere in these conversations. So representatives, yes, represent. Senators, please be our good senators. But please, our state needs to come together. I talked about the national issues. I'm talking about the state issues. Now let's zoom in a little bit closer on the county issues. I talked about it a few moments ago. I think it is a mess. I think it is a disaster. Again, it's a result of not being engaged with constituencies. I think that Larry, uh, that Larry Sufferden and I think that many of the others are uh, commissioners are not. Uh, they're, they're trying to score political points. They're trying to talk about issues that they, that they don't necessarily understand. And they're talking about taxes. And again, I'll say it again. I personally am not opposed to new taxes, but if you're having a good conversation about them, if you need to, if you need to raise taxes to pay for the crumbling infrastructure, fantastic. Let's have that discussion. Let's think about ways to pay for things. But to put a soda tax into uh, the minimum wage idea, it's it's you know all nice ideas, but I. I I'm pretty involved in the small business community, and nobody talked to me about those issues. So paid sick leave laws went into effect um, yesterday, Saturday, in Chicago and Cook County, and the people uh, tasked with implementing them kept repeating one refrain, administrative nightmare. 
Um, Bruce Lee, I'm the president of Tandem HR, as our listeners know, a good friend of mine and a proud sponsor of Get Down to Business, said that the intention was good, but the way it was written got out of hand. His words were, it's unimaginable, really. Um, Bruce emphasized to me and in an interview with the Chicago Tribune mentioned, emphasized that he's fully in favor of workers being allowed to earn five paid sick days a year, as is the basic intention of the city and the county laws. And 40% of private sector workers in Cook County, or basically 840,000 people, currently don't get any paid sick leave. Some risk losing their jobs if illness keeps them from showing up. So important issue. But some details in the law are causing headaches. Provisions permitting employees to carry over portions of unused sick time to the following year have human resources human resource managers groaning about how they're going to track it. There's rules limiting how much notice an employer can require a worker to give when taking sick time. And adding to the complication is that the majority of Cook County suburbs have passed ordinances opting out of the county law. So um, there are law firms. Um, I know I spoke with Neil Gerber Eisenberg downtown that uh, they have a large labor and employment practice. They're completely confused, and, and they know that many of their clients are complicated. Laws in both Chicago, which approved their ordinance last June, and Cook County, which passed their ordinance in October, require nearly all employers to allow workers of any kind, including part-time, seasonal, and temporary, to accrue an hour of sick time for every 40 hours worked. Employers can cap the total sick time earned at no less than 40 hours or five days a year. So lots of issues. We're going to talk some more about it throughout the rest of the program. But again, this is an an ordinance, a rule that went into effect yesterday, Saturday. And uh, the people that are implementing it, the law firms, the the HR firms, they're confused by it. They are helping their clients get unconfused, but it's a mess. So I urge our elected officials, our leaders, to try to do a better job at engaging. Again, we're going to talk some more about it. I've decided that these issues are far too important to pass up and postpone to another week. That's why we're talking about it this weekend, Get Down to Business. We're going to continue the conversation in just a few minutes here on Get Down to Business. We're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. You are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We are powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. Check out their brand new website, tandemhr.com, a fantastic blog, fantastic information. So I know I've been talking a lot about some very, very, very important issues, um, but Indeed, I've been doing a lot of talking. I welcome your feedback. You could reach out through my website, which is the same place where you could download podcasts from the show that we've been airing for about three years now. can't believe it's been three years, but you could check out my website, shalomkline.com. Also, follow me on Twitter. I always post a lot of, I believe, interesting information. So check that out at shalomkline. Um, but I've been doing a lot of talking, and I welcome your feedback. You can t- contact me through Twitter, through my website, or, of course, calling us here at the station at 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. I know a lot of the things that I've been saying have been, I guess I would call it controversial. Um, I know I'm taking the uh, sides uh, in two different directions, and I know I'm doing that, and uh, that's quite intentional. I believe that the moderate uh, position is often the best position. So I encourage you to engage with me, whether it's through the website, by calling in. Let's have that discussion. Let's have that debate. 
We'll talk about some lighter subjects um, as we move on in this hour of Get Down to Business. But to wrap up that discussion about the uh, sick leave law, um, we've been talking a little bit about how the HR firms and how some of the law firms have been pouring over the ordinances passed in Chicago a few months ago and more recently Cook County, again, that allows uh, employees to accrue sick time for every 40 hours worked, um, and they can use that time to care for themselves. It's also written into the law that they could use it for a family member in the case of illness or injury, domestic violence, or a public health emergency. Um, so lots of uh, it's been written uh, in pretty great detail, which makes it much more complicated to actually roll out. Uh, part of the issue is that the uh, some of the details have not been clearly specified. They rolled out a lot of rules, but not a lot of ways of how actually this can be uh, enforced, which leads which leads to a lot of complications. Employers have to allow, as I mentioned, workers to carry unused sick time over the next year, which is not part of many employers' current policies, but how that is portioned out depends on whether the employer and, and worker are covered by FMLA, Family and Medical Leave Act, which is a federal law that provides employees with 12 weeks of unpaid leave per year to care for a newborn or tend to a personal or family member's illness. FMLA covers employers with more than 50 employees and workers who have been at the company for at least a year. And employers that want to avoid the carryover requirements can skip the accrual process and just offer the maximum amount of sick time at the, at, at the start of the year. But let me talk about the weird thing that's going on over here. So um, there are, uh, like many of the other things in Cook County, uh, the way it works is that uh, municipalities actually can opt out of some of these rules. The Cook County Commission on Human Rights is enforcing the ordinance, and they have limited resources. That commission has limited resources, and so their focus, they say, is on ensuring that people who didn't get any paid sick leave law, uh, paid sick leave, now have access to it. And they're, they say that they're going to be helping people. Uh, to roll this out, nearly three dozen municipalities, seven states, plus the District of Columbia, have adopted paid, paid sick leave laws, and they are the ones that are giving a lot of the guidance. That's not to say it isn't confusing. Temporary workers, for example, they're trying to figure this out. Telecommuting, they're trying to figure out what that means and how the sick leave law will be working. Um, and uh, many suburban officials don't agree with how this is happening. Eighty. 80, 80 out of 131 Cook County municipalities opted out of this ordinance, most citing competitive concerns for business. Oak Park and Evanston um, have called votes, um, and they are discussing these issues. Um, it is complicated. Uh, Bridget Gaynor, a Cook County commissioner and the chief sponsor of the county law, says that that flies against the 82% of voters who expressed support for paid sick leave in a non-binding referendum in November. So uh, they put it on the ballot without any explanation. That's how I take it. They put it on the ballot, and it paid sick leave law. Fantastic. Everybody's going to jump at that and support that. But I don't recall hearing about a lot of town hall meetings where this would be explained. Of course, 82% of people are going to vote for something that sounds incredibly positive and good for them. 
but I just don't think that most people actually were given the opportunity to understand the uh, the issues and understand what this means. I think that if it would have been rolled out correctly, municipalities would have opted in um, because they would have actually had support for the bill from businesses. Instead, what happened is they put a non-binding referendum, no explanation. Municipalities were given the opportunity to opt out. Businesses don't understand it. Municipalities are opting out. Basically, it's a bad law, a bad ordinance. As promised, I'm going to stop on this issue. In a few minutes when we come back, we'll be talking more about networking. I'm going to give you some advice about how to kick off your networking during the second half of the year. We're going to be talking about some phone skills, how to put those into practice after you come back from the holiday weekend. We'll be right back and get down to business. Don't touch that dial, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business. Follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. Call us here at the studio, 312-642-5600. We're done with all of the crazy stuff. Now let's talk about the awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Let's talk about some tips for networking. Seven tips, to be precise. Um, And uh, again, I'm bringing up the subject at an important time. We're entering into... A few days of a holiday, that doesn't mean you could take the week off. Networking goes hand in hand, I believe, with running a successful business. But so many of us dread walking into a room and introducing ourselves to a bunch of strangers. So um, I'm actually speaking at an event on Thursday this week. I was asked to share my best networking tips at that event. So I jotted down a few valuable tips that I've come across and put to work myself over these past bunch of years. I want to share them with you here tonight. Number one, resist the urge to arrive late. It's almost counterintuitive, but showing up early at a networking event is a much better strategy than getting there on the late side. As a first attendee, you'll notice that it's calmer and quieter, and people likely haven't settled into their groups or cliques yet. It's often easier to find other people who don't have a conversation partner um, or a networking buddy quite yet. Ask easy questions. Don't wait around the edges of the room waiting for somebody to approach you. If you want to get a conversation started, simply walk up to a person or to a group and say, may I join you? What brings you to this event? Don't forget to actually listen intently to their replies. If you're not a natural a natural extrovert, you're probably a very good listener, and listening can be an excellent way to get to know a person. Ditch the sales pitch. Remember, networking is all about relationship building. Keep your exchange fun, light, and informal. You don't need to do the hard sell within minutes of meeting a person. In fact, don't do a hard sell within minutes or even within the first few meetings of contacting a person. The idea is to get the conversation started. People are more apt to do business with or partner with people whose company they actually enjoy. If a potential customer does ask you about your product or service, be ready with an easy description of your company. Before the event, actually prepare. Preparing actually will help you be a better networker at the event. Before the event, create a mental list of recent accomplishments, such as a new client that you've landed or a project that you've completed. That way you can easily pull an item off that list and into the conversation. Share your passion. Win people over with your enthusiasm of your product or service. Leave a lasting impression by telling a story about why you were inspired to create your company. Talking about what you enjoy is often contagious too. When you get other people to share their passion, 
and it creates a memorable two-way conversation and smile. Um, we're going to talk in, after uh, after our next break. We're going to talk a little bit about phone skills. Um, and I know I've mentioned this in the past that when you answer the phone, you need to smile even when people can't see you. But it goes without saying that if I'm giving that example and that advice for somebody that's answering the phone, yes, when you're face-to-face with somebody, yes, you need to smile. It's a simple but often overlooked rule of engagement. By smiling, you'll put your nervous self at ease. You'll also come across as warm and inviting to others. Remember to smile before you enter the room or before you start your next conversation. If you're really dreading the event, check the negative attitude at the door. Leave it behind. It doesn't matter what problems you've had. Um, your car didn't start on time. Too bad for you. You're having issues at home with uh, your kids. I'm sorry. Too bad for you. This is business. When you go to the event, smile and be cheerful and energetic. As I always say, no Everybody wants to do business with a negative person. There's too many options out there. It's absolutely ridiculous. Don't hijack the conversation either. Some people who dislike networking may overcompensate by commandeering the, con- the discussion and the conversation. Don't forget the most successful networkers. Think, think about some examples of people that you've met and you've been impressed with. Those are the successful networkers. They're good at making other people feel special. Look people in the eye, repeat their name, listen to what they have to say, and suggest topics that are easy to discuss. Be a conversationalist, not a talker. It's very different. A conversation is a two-way street. It's where you're actually engaging with people and you're actually learning about what they do and actually not just asking the question, but actually really, really interested in the subject uh, some of our listeners might not understand what that means. But I'd encourage you to go to an event and watch somebody in action and watch the conversations that take place. Not the talking, the conversations. And remember to follow up. It's often said that networking is where the conversation begins, not ends. If you've had a great exchange, ask your conversation partner the best way to stay in touch. Some people like email or phone. Others prefer social networks like LinkedIn. Get in touch within 48 hours of the event to show that you're interested and available and reference something that you've discussed so your contact remembers you. Uh, I believe that when you're having a networking conversation, talk about something that is memorable. Intentionally put something into the conversation. If you've traveled recently, mention that in the conversation in your follow-up email or some people are old-fashioned. I think it's very classy when somebody sends a physical card. I tend to hold on to those. Um, when you do that, reference something that you may have discussed. As I mentioned, have a conversation. If you're actually listening, you'll hear something that somebody else said, and you could reference that in your follow-up conversation or correspondence as well. And again, it could be by email. It could be in a hard-form uh, copy of a letter or something like that. It's all good regardless of what you pick. Make sure you're actually working on the follow-up, making sure that your conversations are actually that conversations, making sure that you're smiling throughout the conversation, making sure that you're not selling, you're asking questions, and you're resisting the urge to show up late. Those are my top seven tips for networking. We always talk about a lot of other advice for uh, all of you networkers out there to ensure that you're going to be successful in business. I share this advice today, July 2nd, to make sure that you can look out for several networking events even this week make sure that you're going to do a great job at networking opportunities we're entering the second half of the year and this gives you a good opportunity for a successful q3 and q4 of the year we've got more tips coming up for you after this quick break don't touch that dial chicago you're listening to get down to business 
Hey, it's Shalom Klein. You're listening to Get Down to Business. You can check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. I'm always tweeting information. Just tweeted some phone tips for you, but we'll be talking about some of them right now. You could still call in the last few minutes of the program, or you could connect uh, through my website. Several of you have actually reached out in the past few hours with some interesting comments and feedback, some of which I agree with, some of which I don't. That's okay. You'll always get a response. Reach out, shalomkline.com. Download podcasts, some fantastic episodes, some fantastic conversations with some interesting people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them over the past while. Still a few minutes to call in, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. So um, Tuesday will be the 4th of July, as I mentioned when we started the program. Happy 4th of July. Enjoy the holiday. Celebrate America family and friends. I'll be at the Skokie July 4th parade. You're more than welcome to join me. Stop by. Tap me on the shoulder. I'll be at the beginning of the parade working on, um, I'll actually be uh, helping to run the parade. So if you see me there, make sure to stop me. Say hi if you want to volunteer for the parade. Um, We are looking for additional volunteers. Volunteering is a great way to, uh, if you're looking for a job or you're looking to grow your business and you're looking for some easy ways to network even during this holiday week, it's a good opportunity to do so. And the Skokie 4th of July Parade is looking for volunteers. You can uh, contact me if you're available through my website again, shalomkline.com. But um, very, very briefly in our remaining minutes of the program, I did want to share with you that even during the holiday, I know many of you hopefully will be able to take a few, uh, you'll be able to sleep in a little bit, you'll be able to take it easy, hopefully barbecue in the afternoon. If your phone rings, answer that call. It's that simple. I do it all the time. If somebody emails you, respond to that email. Uh, That is what really causes an entrepreneur to stand out and be successful versus the folks that might be a little bit more lazy. They're saying, I'm not working today. You know, that's right. You can have a quieter day or maybe you're you're not scheduling yourself back-to-back in meetings. But if somebody reaches out to you, somebody especially is interested in your services, somebody is, is interested in networking, if they call you, answer the call. And do it with a smile on your face. If somebody emails you, respond to that email. Quick follow-up makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I've come across some interesting people that uh, I've reached out to. It's funny. I have a uh, uh, occasionally I'll pick up the phone and I'll uh, if I want to reach somebody I I don't know if they're working or not. I'll call and I always think worst comes to worst. I'll leave a voicemail. That's okay. I'm always really impressed when I call uh, on a Sunday. And instead of getting a voicemail, I actually get somebody that will actually pick up the call. And again, I say this, many of uh, our listeners know that how, I guess, busy I am and often I can't pick up the phone. But you know that if you reach out, I'll always follow up. Um, I'll always follow up with you. So I guess more than anything, that's my advice. Figure out a way to follow up. Don't leave things. Don't procrastinate. And if you got a message Friday at 6 p.m., don't make it wait until Wednesday after you get back into the office after the 4th of July holiday, find an opportunity to follow up and make it clear at the end of your emails. If I can be helpful in any way, let me know. That will show that you're not being lazy, that in fact you are, uh, you, you actually want the opportunities, you're, you're eager for the opportunities, and, you, and, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to network, to grow your network, to help your clients, to make good things happen. That's how these things work. That's how successful entrepreneurs grow their business. That's how job seekers find jobs. That's my tips for success. 
Again, you could follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. You could check out my website, shalomklein.com. You can also, and I would encourage you, to talk to your representatives, talk to your senators, talk to your Cook County commissioners, talk to your municipalities, talk to me about the issues that we talked about, um, but be engaged on these issues. That's what being patriotic means and means making a difference and uh, making change. You can also contact our good friends at Tandem HR that are involved in so many of the issues that we talked about, including the sick leave law that has just been passed and just enacted just yesterday on Saturday. Check them out, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. I know they, that they would love to hear from you. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer to Success. Let's get down to business. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.